0: Here we uncover the traditions that are working for successful parents. For the parents who are ready to do things differently but aren't sure how, go to WandaHoward.com and download my free blueprint. It will help you create the difference you've been looking for and enable your kids to be emotionally healthy and confident throughout their lives. Now is the time to start doing things differently. Welcome back, everybody, to the Successful Parents Podcast. I am your host, Wanda Howard, with my co-host, Embry Howard. Um, last week, we had on with us Phil Vetrano. such a fun conversation. and so much information about future education and future pathways for your kids to be able to achieve the roads and the dreams that they have, um, what roads are best for them in being able to move forward in their life. Uh, He is a great resource for what is out there. So if you are right now exploring different avenues of education for your kid, you'll definitely want to go back and listen to last week's episode and see just where he could, his expertise could help you. Um, But today we are going to be taking a little fun twist and we're going to be going back in time of, um, instead of looking into the future look to the very beginning of how do we set a good foundation for our kids? How do we be able to make sure that we're starting with the very best foot forward in creating good and rich connections so that we can have fulfilling relationships? And that way, when we get to the time of college and educational paths and careers, that we're able to step into that new sphere confidently and capably with our children hand in hand. So we have some fun questions from our listeners, and I've been excited to dive in this week. It's always so fun to get questions and what people are wanting feedback from. So this is this will be fun. Um, it's been a bit since we've done a podcast about the questions that we've been getting, huh, Emery?
1: Uh huh.
0: So let's let's dive in. Um, first, first question is when um your wife is pregnant and or your partner and the when the baby is in the belly, how is the best way to connect and belly time and all of those things? So this, I I'm not gonna go deep into this. I am not a medulla or a uh, expertise in all of the different ways that you can connect to your child when they're in the womb still. But this much I will say from my own experience and from talking with those who are experts, Um, there really is not a right and wrong way to do it. It's really just embracing your ability to be a mother and a father. The fact that you are excited about the new being that now is part of your family is let that guide you that if you want to um if rubbing your wife's belly is super important to you if um making like putting headphones on your belly and playing music uh, just have fun they're they really as long as you're not hurting the baby, which there really isn't like, um, raspberries and blowing on the belly. You really can't hurt the baby that way. It's the only things that would hurt a child when they're in the womb is like a severe fall and smashing and crash or something. Um, there's, you can't really do it if you're just playing around like normal and being soft like you would to your spouse or significant other in any normal way. Um, so yes, get to know your child while they're in the belly is all great. If you, my husband, he was super excited and he liked to put his hand on my belly, but he didn't really go beyond that. He liked to try and feel the baby kick, but for him, he was just happy talking about the baby and excited and we would talk and we'd plan. Um, and our kids have bonded with him. Great. He, he's been a fantastic father. It, so don't stress out about it either. It's perfectly fine if the atmosphere in the home is love and you're supporting um, the mom <laughs> of the child. If you're supporting her to be able to get what she needs and there's that atmosphere of love, that trickles down through the emotions of the mom into the baby and it's it's just incredible. Really, that part of life, you can't really go wrong Um, as long as... You're letting yourself guide you and not let stress guide all of the decisions. So as far as our next question, children's books and uh, baby toys and everything for the first little bit. And what would we recommend? Well, first off, Emery, you are older now. Is there a specific book that you remember as a baby or a toddler that you absolutely loved? Are you my mom? probably. Are you my mom? Yeah, I am. Are you my mother? That was definitely one of my childhood favorites too. And so that is that's a great thing to remember is the childhood books out there, there's so many and there's so many good ones. But being able to pass down what was dear to you, you will present that book in a way to your child that's going to be different and they're going to love sharing in that feeling with you. Even if they don't end up loving that book, they're going to love and or they're going to love that feeling that you are sharing with them something that was super special to you. Um one of the books though that we did get for our little little kids or little toddlers, it was so cute and so much fun was the Band Aid book. Uh-huh. Yeah. What- what was it called? I
1: thought you were going to say that one. Uh, I don't know. Probably. I had
0: it written down and now I know. lost that.
1: I don't know. Mike Mulligan and Marianne are fun.
0: Mike Mulligan and Marianne. But those are ones for a little bit older. Yeah. Um, oh, like stink. It's, it's an Usborne book and it comes with little band-aids. I should look it up right now. But it comes with little band-aids and Emery as a little tiny, cute little chubby baby that was just barely getting her motor skills and, and her hands and everything working, um, she would do this book. So, Emery, explain, like, the, the topics of the book and, like, what you would do.
1: So, basically, there's a bump somewhere on these animals that are playing around. It, and, like, oh, no, there's a boo-boo. Hug it. Kiss it put a Band-Aid on it, and there were these little sticky water stick Band-Aids mm-hmm. that I, I remember going it to the sink and washing them.
0: Yep. So there, there were usable sticky Band-Aids that you can reuse over and over and over for really long time, but we had that book for years, so eventually we had to start running water on it to uh-huh. get it to keep sticking. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> But, yeah, it's called All Better. All Better by, who was the author?
1: Yeah, hug it, kiss it, put a Band-Aid on it.
0: All Better. I don't think I know how to say this last name. Henning Leigholen. But if you type in Band-Aid book or All Better book in Google, it'll probably come up. It's an Usborne book. It's so cute. Um, So that was one of the best, best books we've ever bought. Another one that we have loved isn't like specific to this author or this company or anything. It's just ABC books. Uh, I would read ABC books to the kids all the time. Probably part of this is just my intense desire to be productive. <laughs> and so I just kind of figured if I had a, educational book that I'm reading to the kids on a normal basis then they learn while we're just also having fun. So I I would read the ABC books over and over and over and we'd do it different each time. Sometimes I'd read every single little part about it. Other times we'd just go through and I'd just say the sounds of the letters. Other times we'd go through and I'd point out just the uppercase letters and other times just the lowercase and Um, sometimes we talk about what they'd start with and sometimes we'd open flaps. Sometimes we wouldn't, depending on the mood of the child. Um, but those are, are great ones as well. And really the, the, I guess the only other tip that I could think of as far as books and toys go is just being aware of how durable they are for little people. Um, we got plenty of books that were, Cheaper and they'd fall apart really quick, and the kids had so much fun destroying them. And that, even of itself, was perfectly uh a fine and educational because they they learned a lot from ripping things. But as far as being able to have a book that we could continually turn to, I would definitely recommend more durable books that are the cardboard and sturdy. Uh, TV shows, so. TV shows for for little kids and toddlers, there's so much controversy out there of how much screen time and what screen time and uh, what should we be putting in front of our kids. One of the things that really helped me navigate this part of my life was going and looking up YouTubes from the good and the beautiful creator, Jenny Phillips. I stumbled across her videos And it was it was such a game changer to me to hear her concept on media, on the books and the beautiful things that come into our home and into our atmosphere. So that's a resource that I would highly recommend if you're curious about what kind of TV shows, because she provides a a lens to look through that is is just so helpful. And it's really changed the way that we have viewed technology. So at first I was really rigid about they're only, we're never turning on the TV when they're really little and we're only ever going to do an hour after they reach one and all this stuff. But after getting her lens, it's made it a lot more uh, just easy to let electronic time in and out as needed because we know that when it is on, it's Uh, producing good and beautiful things into our home. So look up good and beautiful uh, uh, videos on YouTube by Jenny Phillips, and specifically the ones where she talks about reading material. And I just kind of went crazy with it and applied it to reading and media, songs, TV, movies, all of it, games. And it's really, it's really been awesome to see how much our kids just, they don't, they're not addicted to the TV that when they want to turn it on, it's very much a, it fills our home with good things and it fills their souls with motivation to go and put the things that they learn into life. So it's, it's been really fun. a Huge helpful resource that we had. Um, any comments there? Um... Uh... Not really no. But, Do you remember yeah. when we kind of started changing over into what Jenny Phillips had taught with the good and the beautiful? Not really, no. Yeah, you were pretty little. So at first, um, Emery was probably five ish when Wait, we That's
1: when we found out about Good and the Beautiful?
0: Yeah. About that time. Um, no. um I not know that at first uh, she she didn't really like the shift because we were getting rid of things that we normally let in and that was hard for her because she had grown attached to them so it's it's so helpful if you go and and figure out those things before your kids start getting attached to things because then you can help them in that way and it's just less of a struggle but now emory loves the kinds of books that we have and the tv and everything and yeah and i don't have to make the choice for her either we've we've talked with all the kids have been very intentional about sharing with them what kind of media we want to be allowing into our house. And they are, they're like our own little corporate spies, so to speak we, we don't have to monitor them because they're all on our team. So if a movie pops up that has something in it that is goes against our values they come to us and like hey guys quick this movie is not good we just wanted to let you know we turned it off and and so that's been really fun too to just feel the safety of our home increase as we have a lens to look through instead of rigid yes and no movies um okay next thing so how to get a baby to laugh and or is blowing on their be- belly and everything like that okay yes you can blow on your baby's belly. You can tickle them. You can do all those things as soon as they're born. The thing that um, to understand that I didn't understand when we first had ours is those nerve endings, ticklish and sensations of things aren't fully developed, if that's the right word, when they're first born. They're not. Um, They're just they're, they're going to they might squirm a little bit, but they're not going to it's not going to produce a ticklish sensation yet. So it's great to try tickling them. And if all they do is squirm or they just kind of seem agitated by it, then you know that they're not ticklish yet. And so then you wait a while and you try again. And if they still just squirm, then they're still not ticklish. And then you just keep doing that. Emery, um, so she's our first and we were pretty blessed that way. She laughed probably her first week of life towards the end of the first week, she started laughing. And I thought that was normal because she was our first. But then our second one came and she probably didn't laugh until she was closer to three months old. Um, she smiled, but she wasn't ticklish or anything until closer to three months. And with all of them, they've just been so different. So just test it out. You can't you can't hurt them through tickling unless you're, like, being, like, super forceful. Just, you know, soft little tickles. Um, and then, oh, when do they grow out of, like, being able to blow on their belly and tickle them and things like that? And that this is a great question because um, I just, I think that this is so important that parents are aware of the fact that their children do grow out of certain, like they become very aware of their own autonomy and they become very self-conscious or they have, they're developing their own body boundaries. So this was a great question, but Emery, what did you want to say? For example, I'm out of that stage. (laughs) (laughs) You're out of the totally no ticklish stage? No, I'm out
1: well, yes, but I'm also out of the uh belly blowing stage. Oh, the belly
0: blowing stage. So um, yeah, that's that's really the time that the child can verbalize to you and tell you that they don't like it or they don't want that. Then you know that that's it's off limits now. Um, just asking them, "Are are you okay if I blow on your belly still?" Those are great and normal conversations to have with your child. Um when they're really little it's they they probably won't care it's probably not a big deal um but you're more than welcome to also just keep their shirt on and do it on top of their shirt instead of right on their skin of their belly but they're <laughs> typically by the time they're able to clearly communicate is about the time that you can start figuring out what their own boundaries are and what they feel Um, my, my son who is six, he is a lot more okay with being touched on his body than my daughters. Like he, he wants to rough and tumble if his shirt's off, he doesn't really care, but as a girl, they are just different. And the, our girls were a lot more aware of, no, I don't want to have my shirt off anymore and run around naked. And like, they just kind of developed that self awareness especially as you have an open dialogue in your house all the time about the beauty of bodies and and how capable they are and how it's okay to have your own boundaries and it's okay to love your body and not let other people use it the way they want to but like you get to say no tickling here or i don't want to be touched here or i'm too i'm too old for that anymore <laughs> whatever it is that they use but um, that there's so many. That connection is. The older our kids get, it's super fun because when as little tiny babies, the only way of connecting that we really have with them is through touch, and it's so beautiful and it it's so useful and and it just is such a gift because they can't talk to us and they can't communicate. But as they grow, they start to gain their own sense of humor and their own different quirky behaviors of like the what they think they can be sarcastic in and and they just push the boundaries here and there and there's so many fun ways of connecting with our kids that doesn't involve touch anymore um that is just added to the home environment but definitely hugs tickles all of it we still tickle Emery, and but when she says she's done we, we listen and we don't push it and, um, we don't tickle any body parts that she doesn't want tickled. (laughs) Yeah. She's, she's gesturing to her core. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, when should we be thinking of daycare or interacting with other kids? This is a great question. As far as interacting with other kids, you really don't need to be worried about it. There are so many people that I have seen stressed out about socialization and making sure that they get enough interaction, but truly the baseline for all of their interactions that they're ever going to get is, from, the most important one, is from their parents. If they have a relationship with their parents that is fun and interactive and welcoming and just supportive, They're going to take that foundation into every other interaction they have with people. But sometimes I see parents pick up the double edged sword of saying, well, they're spending too much time with me. I've got to get them out with other kids. But the problem with that is then immediately you create a relationship a a feeling that your kids are very good at picking up on but you create this feeling towards your child that says I don't want to have this close of relationship or this kind of like having a relationship between us is somehow wrong or off and so then they start to feel tense in their foundational relationship they start to feel this need to be distant in their foundational relationship. And so then they take that over into the other relationships of, oh, I'm supposed to be distant from you to some degree because that's what I learned over here in my foundation. And um, So if we just, if we realize as parents, it's it's really okay to just enjoy them and soak them up. And as they play with kids and as they interact with other kids, they'll be so happy. They'll be like, it'll be so great because their foundation relationship is rich and happy and um, supportive. So um, as far as daycare and things like that go, that's really just whatever is most beneficial for your life. And if you both work and if there's not able to be a parent that stays at home, or just for sanity levels, if you have like a daycare set up one day of the week so that you can both get stuff done, all of those things are great. You're a family, you get to pick the dynamics that you want to work with um, that support all of you. But as far as making sure they get into a daycare so they get child interaction, that's not necessary. They, They will find child interaction, they will make friends, they will be very capable of all of the richness of supportive relationships have to offer if their base foundation with parents is a good one. Um, What are good playtime activities? Again, this is just, you get to explore. As parents, you get to have fun and figure out what you like to do and what are some fun activities. Um, looking up on YouTube, Instagram, all of those things are great resources. One of the things I would caution towards is there there is some fun um different like baby manipulatives and baby um they're like learning toys um that you can get and and people can go crazy with the amount of toys that they can get for their kids which oh, isn't yeah <laughs> which isn't wrong and isn't bad but something that we've learned over and over with our own kids is they have so much more fun with toys when we simplify it. They have so much more imagination when we think up ways of creating games. So for example, we saw this um, fun tic-tac-toe board game that was like upgraded and had all these different plays you could make and just a, a super fun idea. And instead of buying the board game, we got out some pieces of tape and we recreated it on the floor and we played it by hopping around with our feet on it. And, and the kids had so much fun with that. And so don't ever feel like there is a toy that will provide better stimulation than just simply playing and being imaginative and thinking outside the box. That's what play's all about. So a certain toy isn't going to help your child develop more. It's really the the experiences that's going to help your child. So if there's a certain experience through a toy, that's great. A toy can provide it, but you can also provide it with just random stuff around your house, and and they do great. Um, so that was all the questions that we had. Anything that you want to add, Emily? Oh, no, no, except
1: for that TikTok
0: toe game was awesome. <laughs> that was fun. Huh? We need to do it again. It's been a bit. Yeah. So um, thank you again, everybody, for listening. Let us know if you have more questions uh, or if you have more resources that we could share with other parents. These are, are great questions and fun times when it's the very new beginning stages of our little people's lives and there's the biggest thing that I just hope that parents understand and realize though is the dynamics of the home is the most important part if you get a relationship with you your spouse your significant other and your children in a way that supports all of you and nobody is having to put the sacrifice what's What they need at the expense of giving somebody else a possibly better future it just goes so much better of realizing that the ebb and flow in our life of providing what we all need at the stages that we're in it's it's so exciting what's possible and as a parent you are now in the driver's seat you get to choose what your family looks like and how you interact with your child And as long as there is that love and that desire, that connection, you really can't go wrong. So have fun with it. Good luck. And we will see you all next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you again for being a part of our podcast family and for the difference you are making right now in the world and in the walls of your own home. If you're wanting to support parents everywhere, you can do that by leaving a rate and review. This helps so many find connection and answers they are searching for. Also, Don't forget to go to WandaHoward.com and get your own free parenting blueprint. I love you all and we will see you next time.